Hey, welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about the majestic indie developer life. Join our scintillating hosts, Dave and Daniel, and let's hear about a tiny slice, slice, slice of their Slices? thrilling lives. <laughs> I'm Daniel. Dave, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Daniel. That that was uh, definitely a slice of uh, of life there for a second. <laughs> Uh, I'm wearing uh, Lycra right now. Oh, wow. I'm, wearing, I'm, not sure I'm still wearing my cool. bike bibs. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a bike ride earlier and I was just too lazy to, like, I didn't really sweat a lot. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to sit down in these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're comfortable because we've got a show of talking about our scintillating indie app lives. Um, so I hope you are comfortable and locked in in your seat with your I am, micro. yeah. Even though I am, <laughs> let me tell you tell you in a few minutes about how I'm already annoyed by my AirPods, and I'm at AirPods oh, no. pair number three now. Actually, oh, I'm no. going to tell you right now. Yeah, go um, for it. So, <laughs> um, I I had AirPods Pro. I think I told you about this last time, and. They were kind of nearing the end of their lives. And the way I noticed that was that one of them didn't charge anymore. Uh, like you put it, put them in the case and the left pod would just not, not, not get a connection. Like it would just show up in the, you know, that iPhone widget that shows you the charge status of your various devices. And it would, would just show up as not charging and then slowly run down the battery. And then after a week or so, it would sometimes wake up, recharge, and then work for a while, but then it would kind of not charge again. So right. because that pair was like four years old, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get new ones because I was so eager to upgrade those. And I got the new ones. And they developed the very same symptom. Oh no. Like also the left one, it just wouldn't connect to the uh, or it wouldn't wouldn't charge like it would just pretend it wasn't in the box like it it would even okay. like try to connect to my phone um while it was inside the box and so yesterday um the right one also started this behavior <laughs> so so this morning i'm just like looking at the like i'm just opening and closing the box and both of them are just like as if they weren't there yeah um, and I had to run into the city anyway, so I went to the Apple Store because Augsburg is somehow has an Apple Store, even though we're not a huge city. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, if I go there while they open, I might get a get a support. I might get support at the Genius Bar even without an appointment. And if not, if they like turn me away, I will just make an appointment. And so I went there, and then. Like the guy was like, "Oh yeah, sure. I we have time. Uh, give me the AirPods." Uh, he he went away and he he took a took a while, and I'm sure that's also because like the, the both the pods were like completely free of charge free of charge. <laughs> um, they were completely like run down, so I I assume it would would take some time. Yeah. Um, but I had my mask, I had my laptop, I had Wi-Fi, so I was just a bit wor working a bit basically, and um. Then finally he comes back and he's like, he's like, okay, so first of all, I tested both of the pods and it turns out both the left one and the right one were um, just non-responsive, uh, but you just bought these. So um, you're getting new ones. 
Yep. Uh, so sign here for the new like earpods. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thank you very much. And then he's like, and then also uh, I tested the case with the new pods, and that also didn't work. So I also replaced the case. <laughs> so, okay. so, um, so I got a completely new pair of earpods or AirPods with a new case as well. Yep. And then um, he was like, okay, just leave them in the in the case and charge it for half an hour and then they should like synchronize and everything. And they yes. did that. And then they, uh, then like later today, I wanted to go on that bike ride. <laughs> I opened the case and what happens? The left one isn't charging. Oh no. <laughs> so I did... Um, Wait, so I first, so what I did was like, okay, I, I took it out and put it back in. And then it, it actually showed us charging. So I was like, okay, I'm going to leave those alone. 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, I come back. I want to put them in. And I put both of them in. They make the connected sound. And then somehow it feels weird. Like something's okay. not right. Like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm tilted somehow. So I'm like, okay, did the like transparency mode just activate on one of them? Because that's what, what it felt like. And then, yeah. so I opened my phone, like look at the, you know, where you can like visually select the transparency mode instead of like just like grabbing the, the stems of the AirPods. And I'm like, okay, I can enable transparency and I can enable like do not do anything with uh, noise cancellation. But, mm -hmm. the, but the noise cancellation mode is grayed out. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I'm going to tap that anyway. And then it says, oh, for noise cancellation, both of your AirPods have to be connected. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put these back into the the charging case, and then take them out ten seconds later, and then they connect. And now they have actually worked for the rest of the evening. But I'm already suspicious of this pair as well. They're now yeah. they're called uh, AirPods Number Three because that's apparently how they are named automatically when I pair them. <laughs> um, let's see if I get to Number Four. Yeah. Yeah, damn. These are what, uh, and it's becoming like what the AirPods of of Theseus. Here, <laughs> yeah. where you got a uh, different case, different different AirPods. Um, but Daniel, I'm 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 wondering, like common denominator here, are your ears just a hazardous environment for AirPods or something? They they might be, yeah. Apparently, but I mean, the previous the previous pair has survived for four years. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I'm 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 treating them badly. Like one thing that I do is um sometimes I wear them to bed, like one of them just in one ear. Mm -hmm. Uh and that is usually my left ear. Okay. Uh so so with the previous with, with my first AirPods basically, I, I was kind of like, yeah, if, if one of them breaks, then it's it's makes sense that it's the left one because I'd usually put it put it put it in the left ear. Yes. So I use that one more than the right one. Um, but this pair, I kind of didn't want to do that. Like I haven't, I haven't worn them to bed once. Yeah. I only wear them at my computer or while on the bike. Okay. So, so, so that's out of the window. Really just unlucky um, then. That's, uh... Yeah. But one thing I've also learned is that usually with these things, it's the case. So I might actually, I'm actually considering for my old AirPods, which are 
Um, the pods have been replaced just half a year ago because I had the crackling issue and they just replaced them. Yes. Um, so maybe I will just spring the, I, I want to say 60 euros or something for a new case. And then I have basically AirPods one of Theseus as well. And then I can hand them over to a relative or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because right now they're just like lying around and that's kind of a waste of the nice uh, hardware. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you can try this beforehand with the new ones, right? Can you put the, the old ones in the new charger? I don't actually know. I'll, I'll have to Google that. Yeah. I don't know if the, yeah. the because the, I mean, the case is slightly different. Okay. Because it has, um, like the form factor is, no, the form factor is the same, but it has this little thing in the side, this little opening where you can put in a piece of string or something to like attach it to your key ring or whatever. Yeah. And so the old one doesn't have that, but other than that, it looks, oh yeah. And also it has a speaker and it has, um, and basically an air tag built in. Like if I want to yeah. find them, I can use, use the find my app with the find nearby feature, which is really, really helpful. And the old case doesn't have that. So I don't know if hmm. they're compatible. I'll, I'll, I'll Google that. I'll Google that. Yeah. You can use that as a as a test to just sort of check that they're working, that everything's all good before you go and buy another case. Right. I mean, but I kind of don't want to using them. But. I kind of don't want to like do anything right now with that pair of AirPods, like and yes. that case. Like I don't yes. want to unpair and repair them or anything. I just want to leave them alone. That's fair. That's fair. And then, yeah, no. Oh man, all of this to get a working pair of headphones. That's uh, a lot of. I mean, when um, they do work, they're amazing. Like, yeah, um, the sound quality is fantastic. The the noise cancellation is even way better than the AirPods Pro One. Yeah, and like for example, if I'm walking through the city, and like parts of parts of the city are not accessible by car, so it's pretty safe to have noise cancellation on there. Um, yeah, but still, like there's there's just the hustle and bustle of a city, right? And you just put them in and it just gets quiet. And then you, <laughs> you listen to your podcast in a very like quiet setting. And it's yep. just so relaxing. It's really, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you all the best with your latest um, version, I want to say, of, of your AirPods. It sort of feels like you're on AirPods V3 underscore final final right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hopefully on the on the next show you can tell us that they're running running perfectly and you've had smooth runnings with with audio yes ah uh, how are things going over in telemetry deck land daniel telemetry deck land is doing a lot of things behind the scenes like um I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling bad because I haven't done anything that really changes the user interface there are no real no real new features um, but a new feature is coming, which is web analytics. Hey, and that's awesome. actually a byproduct of something else. So it turns out that a lot of potential customers can't use telemetry deck right now because they use React or React Native to write their applications or web, or web applications. Yeah. And I, as an iOS developer, I have ne I've never been a fan of React Native because it just... It doesn't feel perfectly right. I also have some objections to React, but that's kind of behind, behind the beyond the point or beside the point even. Um, 
But enough people have asked that I was like, okay, this is a huge customer segment. <laughs> we really shouldn't snub them. Yes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask around if I know someone who has experience with React and React Native, which are two different distinct things, by the way, um, which is one of the things I've learned. Um, and I met a friend of a friend who actually loves telemetry deck. And he was like, yeah, yeah, let, let me just have a look. And he kind of took in the existing JavaScript code that we have and tried to build like a React shell around it that can then be integrated in React apps and maybe even React Native apps. And the problem is the current JavaScript code kind of expects to be running in a browser, but that's right. not a given because yes. you can render React components on a server and then, then it doesn't have a browser. And React Native components, they run on a device and they generate native um, UI kit or Kotlin <clears throat> components. Yeah. So both of these, uh, they just crash because they're like, wait, I don't have a window. I don't have a navigator object. Um, so basically a rework of that code was in order. So I sat down with uh, my friend Florian, who's a, a, like the god of all JavaScript developers, basically. And we were thinking, okay, what shall we do? Like Because we kind of want to have web analytics as well and that's what the current package provides it's a bit clunky but it works and so uh we thought okay let's split up this package into one package that is just for people who want to who want to drop one line into their website and then just know how many visitors they have yeah and then have a separate package that is for people who who build any kind of package-based javascript application with node package manager for example and that doesn't presume that there's a browser window or a navigator object or anything of that kind. Um, so that's basically for the programmers, and the web thing is for like people have a web, who have a website who don't who don't have to be necessarily a be a programmer. Yeah, and um, also the <laughs> the advantage is that both of these packages are tinier, which is good, and yep. it turns out that the web. Um, like if you, if you say like, okay, I, let's presuppose that we do have a, a browser that we are running in a website. You can just throw away a lot of things that you don't need anymore. And because before that, like the telemetry deck SDK would send a lot of stuff to the server. Like for example, oh, I'm this browser and, um, I'm at this, uh, I'm, I'm on this operating system. And yep. it turns out you don't even need to do that because the, if you send a request to a server, the browser will already send that in the headers. So I'm like, okay, right. let's make a new okay. API endpoint for the ingest API that is just for this um, web SDK. Yeah, and that can just uh, take they can just take the the browser information, the operating system system information directly from the headers. Um, it can destructure the URL so that it will throw away everything that is identifiable in the URL. For example, if there's a user ID in there or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can still count, like if there's, a, for example, a, a source parameter or something like that. Um, and then I'm like, okay, do we have to generate a user identifier? Um, yeah. Because I want to... Like because that's actually something that the JavaScript SDK so far cannot do even even, um, and I actually wanted to do that for a while. And then we were thinking like, hang on, like one of the things that we know 
is the IP address of the where, where the request is coming from. Yes. And now you're thinking, wait, IP addresses are personally identifiable information, so I cannot save that. Yep. But what I can do is I can take the IP address plus the description string that describes the browser mm -hmm. plus a sort that changes every single day, every 24 hours. And that yep. gives me a unique identifier that is valid for one day. Okay. And I can't, and I can't re like recreate the IP address from that. Yep. Oh, I also put in there the, the app ID, of course. So it is, it is, um, it is unique for a, one website for one day, basically. Yep. One and website, one, one user to some degree for right. a day. Right. Oh. So if you go to telemetrydeck.com and click on 15 links, then I can say, like, okay, this is the same person that clicked on these 15 links. This is not like 15 different people. But if you go to a different website that uses the same SDK, like I can't recognize you, if yes. you go to um, if you go to telemetrydeck.com on the next day, I can also not recognize you, which is kind of a shame, but it, I think it's a good compromise. Yeah, and um, if um, if somebody else in the same household, arguably on the same IP, same type of browser and device, they get a different. I mean, if everything is the same. Yeah, then we can't distinguish them. But yeah. I think it's. I mean, if that is the case, then it's just that is the case. That is also one of the compromises where I'd mm -hmm. rather err on the side of privacy than on the side of let's track everything. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, I, I I just assume basically that people are using like slightly different browser versions or something. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And, and, and um, yeah, protecting the PII in that way. I mean, that's everything telemetry deck is about. So right. yeah, if you were doing otherwise, I would be very surprised. Right. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. That, 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 that means you've got web analytics on the go. It means you've got a route being established for, for react and react native as well. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the next step. Kind of like just, we now have yeah. a actual class based package and you can call that exactly like you would call the Swift package or any of the other packages. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then the, my other buddy can build a React component out of that. And so that's the next step. And also the next step is talking to our lawyer to make sure that this is all kosher, privacy-wise. Yep. Um, yep. Because we haven't handled any IP addresses before, and I just want to, want to make sure, basically. That makes um, sense. So this is right now, this is not, uh, and also like, I want to write an email to everyone who is using the current, uh, JavaScript, uh, SDK yes. to inform them that there's a breaking change coming. If you are using the web SDK, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess your lawyer will be able to check, um, things like whether you need to issue any updated terms and conditions or, or notices. Right, to exactly. explain this and all of that as well, which again is is all part of the responsibility. So that's yeah, that's that's sounding really cool though, Daniel. That that's going to open up a whole load of uh, a whole load of stuff for the web um, and for non-native apps as well. Um, I'm the same as you with React Native. It's sort of a bit like in that sort of ooh, that's not where I want to play. Sort I of space, do understand the reason for these cross platform yeah. soft uh, frameworks though because i mean 
I mean, if you are mainly an iOS developer, of course, it makes sense to write your code in Swift and Swift UI and stuff like that. But yep. if you are offering uh, applications for multiple platforms, the problem is not necessarily that you have to write your code twice. I mean, that is that is work, but it's doable. But the problem is just keeping everything in sync. Yes. And that's kind of what killed the desktop application for Telemetry Deck as well, because... Um, like you have to write everything twice, but also you have to write the same, you have to release the same things at the same time and they mm -hmm. have to look and work exactly the same. Otherwise you'll have, you'll have, you'll have problems. Yep. I think in, in telemetry decks case, that's certainly quite pronounced because if you're using, um, the app on the Mac and then you open your, your web browser, yes, you're going to directly compare and go, okay, well, why is this thing there, but not there? Um, I think in some circumstances you can sort of get away with having platforms diverge slightly. Uh, so I'm thinking uh, typically a new feature, the Android app maybe goes ahead of the iOS app. Um, and then a few weeks later, the iOS app has that feature as well. Like you can tolerate some level of, of disparity because typically your customer base isn't using both platforms at the same time. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, uh, it's uh, but it is a thing. I mean, to be honest with you, I've got a bit of this ha has happened in my my day job, as it were, over time, over the years in different companies, and I, I do tend to advocate that is that like if you've got the thing ready on one or the other, and you want to get user feedback as well as soon as possible and that side of things, then do consider letting them go out of sync for at least a little while. You know, like, <laughs> because, yeah, your Android user's not suddenly going to go, well, why isn't that on my, my iPhone? I mean, they might have a an iPad, um, but again, it's such a edge of the thing. That no, in a but lot like, of cases, for example, your support document might say, click the button that says discombobulate the recombobulator. Yep. Uh, but on Android, it says something different. The, the, yep. the button does the same thing, but it's in a different position and it, like, it shows something different. And that's, that's kind of like, then you have like a problem with how to communicate that. And that's, that's, that's kind of hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th I think it, it's one of those, again, it, it depends sort of right. scenarios, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, this is a bit of a tangent, but I guess it's because one of my, my focuses, if you like, is often about like, okay, let's get that user feedback in. Let's find out how people are actually using this, mm -hmm. you know, especially if it's something extra to what the app is doing rather than something changed. Um, like a, a typical scenario is, 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 has been when I've been working for uh, an app development agency and, you know, maybe a client has started off with two or three tabs to their app for various things and then they've got the fourth one that's about to land and bring something brand new into the app. That's the sort of scenario where I think it's okay to, to diverge, you know, because you do, you, you've got this new thing and, and maybe waiting a few weeks or even months, even in some scenarios for the other platform to be, to be at parity cuts you off from that early feedback. Um, but again, this is an edge of an edge scenarios that pop up, you know, and they're, they're all context dependent. So, yeah, but I think uh, what you're doing and the circumstance and, 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 and getting all of this together from your side for Telemetry Deck um, is great.
<laughs> he's gonna <laughs> supporting these people in this react native end of things is is it sounds worthwhile to me i know you're looking and going i'm cutting off customers cutting off a segment if i don't do it but i think it's also a case of like this is a really good product privacy uh, privacy first analytics is user friendly is is a you know force for good um and so again by bringing it to those those customers who then bring it to their customers using their apps. I think that's great. Yeah, that is great. We gotta we gotta spread the word. <gasps> Speaking of spreading the word, I have other news. Um, Go for it. Telemetry Deck is now sponsoring SwiftPackageIndex.com. Ooh. So there's our lovely logo on there, and that's awesome. And oh, also, I can fantastic. tell you this because this episode is actually coming out afterwards anyway. So. In the week of uh, July 24th until July 30th, we are yep. also sponsoring Hacking with Swift. Excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. That feels like that's come so around really quick, like, actually. Yeah. I, I remember you mentioning you were thinking about it a little while ago to me outside of the show. Um, that's great. Yeah. So Hacking with Swift is kind of, I was thinking about it, but then I was also talking to uh, Paul and Illy about uh should i do this or should i not and they were like okay just reserve a spot now because they're like you need to reserve those like months in advance and then you can still release it if you decide against it and then the spot came up and we were like okay um we're not super rich right now but actually let's try this experiment let's see if this actually gives us uh gives us anything like gives us something back like brings us yeah. enough traffic to actually make it make it worth uh, so there's going to be an ad, ad on there. Uh, it's going to have a source parameter so we can ex exactly see in our web analytics um, where the traffic is coming from. And that will help us help us determine like, hey, are we, are we getting the, are we getting more visitors to the, to the website? Are we getting more uh, signups? That kind of thing. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> analytics is made for, right? That's and great. for the for yeah, the but... package index index, basically Dave Verver wrote me an email and he was like, Hey, do you want to sponsor us? And I talked to Lisa and we were like, Yeah, this is actually pretty cool because like Swift developers are just like our main audience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would also like for Android developers and cross-platform developers to be our main audience, but that's I mean, it's undeniable that I am very much more embedded in the Swift community than in other communities. And so yes. why not lead in, lean into that? And uh, I, I love the Swift package index. I love that it exists. And it is just as important for Swift as it, for example, as is the Python package index for Python. Yep. And so we were like, yeah, okay, let's, let's actually try this out. That's really cool. Um, and that means that I'm going to be seeing telemetry deck turn up in places that i often am during the course of my week fantastic um, that's, that's that's fun uh yeah it's um i mean it's obviously it's expensive to to start sponsoring like that and i, I hope it sort of provides some level of of return there but even without that i think it's going to be interesting just to sort of see what what type of content you get because of it right it's it's kind of like you kind of have to explore where where it makes sense and especially those who are like very high on our list because it's exactly the, the target group or the people that we want to talk to. Yes. Um, and we were also considering other podcasts and other websites, 
and we might still do them, but uh, either they were like way more expensive or controversial or <laughs> their CEOs were suddenly jerks and it's kind of like hard <laughs> to decide whether you want to put ads on there. Yes. Um, because I actually did try Reddit ads for a while. Okay. And then the whole Apollo thing happened. And now I'm like, because those were pre, like not perfectly super successful, but those were actually not bad considering. So with some optimization, uh, they might have got, got, gotten really good results. But then the whole Apollo thing happened. And now, A, like half of the people who are like because like ios developers especially like they are very likely to know who uh, like who christian selig is and uh empathize with him rightfully so so they might not go to reddit anymore and also like we're kind of supporting then like a a a company that doesn't hasn't exactly shown that they are like really nice yep that, I mean, that's a tricky one. There, there, there's a lot of companies that have a um, a dark side to them, as it were, in some of how they operate internally or externally, um, and that can be be tricky to navigate because you know you're not necessarily aware of all of this. But I think in terms of Reddit, uh, yeah, there's no way that you could have said you didn't, you weren't aware of, of how they treated Christian. Just sort of no, giving out not at how all. big, big news that was. Um, and I think you know, good on you. That's that's the right thing to stand by your principles um, on that sort of stuff as well. I mean, I can't promise that we always stand by by, by every single principle. Like, I mean, there's of course things that I will I, that I will never do. Mm-hmm. And if if I do them, like, please realize that I've been kidnapped, and this is a message. Um, <laughs> You mean but, that, that? I mean, that, it's, that wasn't it's all capitalism, you? right? And you mean that you... that wasn't you trying to add me um, over on threads? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that leads me into the next thing that I want to talk to you about. But I did try to make a threads account recently. Uh oh, go on. Because I gotta be where the people are for uh, just like for connecting to the community. I'm yes. not enjoying this. And I'm like, it's not going to be my main social media network, but I think it would be a mistake to not be present at all there if so many people are there. You know what That's I mean? That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I get it. So yeah, it's not, it's like the, the really deep cuts will still be on Mastodon. The really mm-hmm. silly cuts <laughs> will be still on Mastodon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to connect with the parts of the community there because like especially for us developers but also like for many people just generally on the internet the the recent splintering of of all the social media with twitter and reddit basically um being less uh, attractive yeah say um has made people like just like go everywhere and like a lot of us have this feeling that um yeah, we're not we're not connected to our community any anymore because earlier or earlier like most of everyone was on Twitter. Of course not everyone, but like mm-hmm. a huge community was it was, was there. It, it was such a big thing in that when I went to iOS Dev UK back in uh twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. um I had business cards made for myself and all I had on it was my name and my Twitter handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um which uh I think that says it all really. It was definitely the place in a lot of ways for for uh the dev community definitely. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. If um, there's lots of people over there in threads and that's where these conversations are taking place, you, you kind of want to be a part of it um, for sure. I've got other f- feels about that, as you know, like in terms of being quite a, a Fediverse Mastodon orientated person over this last year. Um, so I guess I've seen threads um, as slightly the wrong move in some ways in terms of like uh, it's a meta Facebook company. Um, I have zero trust. Oh, for, yeah. For, don't for don't them. trust it's them all, with anything. No, it makes, it's made a lot of promises and overtures about being federated as well and, and being linkable to Mastodon and that sort of thing. And they've yet to I wrote do this it. to you last week, but I'm mm. going to repeat it, repeat it on the show. I yep. am in, but by now I'm very much convinced that the whole we're going to federate thing is just posturing. Like yep. I am not expecting them to actually connect to the, um, uh, to the Fediverse. And if they do, it's going to be such a degraded experience that it won't really give you anything. Like for yes. example, um, people in other instances will show up way less in the algorithmic, algorithmic timelines. Mm hmm. And not safe for work stuff will will not show in at all, obviously. And yes. Meta or Meta will probably add various features that you only can see on the main Threads app. Um, yeah, you know, you know the drill. Uh, exactly. Uh, so I think but, it's very likely that like Threads and the larger Fediverse will be will will stay very disconnected from each other, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise, there. I mean, it remains to be seen. By the time this show airs, it may well be that they've gone, hey, we're federated, and there's been some big thing. But I, I'm in your camp. I think it's doubtful. And I think if they do, it's going to be very limited. Yeah. Uh, but then I shall have said the wrong thing or, um, <laughs> or made the wrong prediction. Uh, so I did use my US iTunes account to download the app, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to connect, and it was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Like there's an error, and I was like, "Oh, ooh, okay." Ooh. So I tried a VPN, but even even with a VPN, like it just wouldn't wouldn't let oh, me wow. register at all. And then I read that they have now uh, closed down further against usage from the EU. Um, I'm still not entirely sure if it's an anti-competitive thing or mm-hmm. a data privacy thing or both. Which is yeah, like why they're not allowed in the EU, but they're obviously breaking the law. And I find, <laughs> like, I find the various American bloggers that say things like, ooh, the EU is shooting in its, in, 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 in its, into its own foot because mm-hmm. they're not allowing this incredibly, uh, important platform into, yep. the, into their, like, area. I find that a bit disingenuous because, like, these are the same people that, just a month before, we're like, oh, TikTok is stealing all our data, so TikTok needs to be banned. And I, I'm like, what, what's the difference here exactly? <laughs> there, there's not. Uh, I, I'm, we're running the risk of derailing this into another fatty social media oh, chat. Yeah, we, I, like, I, I want to pull out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess the one thing I do want to touch on is is just you touched on the fact of like everybody's there. You want to have a presence with the community, you know? and I get that. I think that's that's important for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I, I put it out there that, you know, never say never. I could see myself creating an account just to have a look. Um, I could see myself creating an account to, uh, promote my apps and that side of things as well. Um, I can't see myself using it as a main place to be, if you like, socially online. I think it would be very much a, 
a syndication route rather than a, hey, I want to be on this thing all day, every day. Um, but whatever your reasons, it's like, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you want to give it a go, give it a go. And um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been interesting to see, though. I think it's probably a final nail in, in Twitter's coffin for a lot of uh, developers in that at least they can go there, have oh, yeah. community, catch up with people there, and, and it's not an Elon platform. Um, and on paper, at least, they're making overtures about um, better moderation and that sort of thing, which is obviously something that Twitter just doesn't have anymore at all. <laughs> um, and, you know, the Fediverse has in trips and traps and only if you tick X, Y, or Z boxes on the instance that you're on, right? So, yeah, I, I get it. Um, but I don't know. I'll be be freewheeling and doing my punk DIY thing on my solo instance on the Fediverse for a while, even if I'm just talking to myself and my cat. <laughs> Fantastic. Probably, probably where I'm at. But uh, ah, let's move on. Let's move on from Feddy. Yeah, stuff. I have I have one more topic, and I'm I'm kind of sorry that I'm kind of dominating the topic. So that I brought something. That's fine. Go for I it. I brought something for the group to discuss, which kind of. Uh, connects to this topic, which is uh, a few weeks ago, I stumbled over a post on Mesto actually uh, by a indie developer who I've never heard of. And he was pretty much complaining. Um, so this is by Sandra Penisi. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I put it in the, in the show note as well. Um, and he says, sometimes I wish the iOS community would take note of the less famous indie devs and designers too. The ones who are struggling. I feel like it's always the same... I I think he means people uh, yep. getting the attention. Most of them deserve it and make great products, but there's so much more and the famous ones don't need the support as much as the underdogs. We almost have to fight for every single download. Yes. He goes on a bit more and actually he has, uh, he uh, then introduces his app, which is actually a really cool thing. I think it's a uh, software to design SVGs or convert SVGs into mm -hmm. Swift UI code, which is super cool. It's called uh, Col Colibri. Yep. And yeah, and I've never heard of it and it seems really well made. And he actually got a lot of attention as well, like for yeah. this post, because this post kind of make, made the rounds. But I wanted to talk to you about, uh, because this is a feeling that many of us have, right? Uh, wait, why is it always like, it sometimes feel like in our sphere that mm -hmm. there's a few people who are like always leading the discussion kind of. And these are, if these people make apps, then of course, because they have a large following, then they get a lot of downloads and yes. they deserve that. But how can we also play in that sphere? Yes. And I have a few thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Uh, yeah. My thoughts are complicated on this one in a sense of, um, I felt those feelings in the past mm -hmm. um, at times of like, yeah, okay, I've put this out and, you know, it's crickets. Um, and I've had the opposite as well. You know, I've, I've, I've had situations where I've put an app out and it's gone utterly viral, which was very, very fun, quite a ride and, and a surprise at the time too. Um, and I, I would, you know, I guess color that with the, there is an element of, of almost luck to this stuff to some degree. And I think there's also an element of like, um, of where you are, how often you're there, how often you're showing up and sort of being present, um, with the wider community in terms of being able to then, you know, when you put something out, people do latch onto it because you're already there. 
um it's hard and knowing how to where to put your effort is hard as well you know like it's a case of well I could, me personally, with my video mixing app with GoVJ, I could be banging on about that every day to the dev community, but my users are not devs for that, right? right. So I, I kind of try and just talk about the bit that I think is going to be interesting to devs or talk about the feature when it's ready and that sort of stuff. But like, I don't really expect to sell to to my Twitter audience as it was or to my Fetty audience as it is now. Um, so I don't expect that kind of notoriety mm-hmm. i guess is what it is um i don't really expect that um but then i also have to admit i do have some level of it because of doing things like this show and being a part of the community and having shown up now for like you know the last seven years or so in that sense um yeah it's this sort of stuff it's all about where you want to put your effort more than anything else i mean like in in Sandro's case, I'm glad he made that post for him. I think that that's a good thing to to just raise the reality of how it feels. Uh, but I would also say, okay, that was the first I saw of the app, and I wonder what had he been doing to get developer feedback and engage with the community that he's potentially going to sell it to and all of that before getting there. Um, you know, And again, just because I hadn't seen it doesn't mean he wasn't doing that. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, is that you've got to think about where you're putting your effort on these things and think about where your user base and potential customers might be uh, and make sure you're showing up there authentically as well. Um, I've meandered all over the place here, Daniel, but yeah. these are sort of my gut initial reactions and feelings to this, I guess, is, is like, um, yeah, you, you Number one, the iOS dev community is not always going to be your customer. I mean, in, in Sandro's case, looking at this, that that's the opposite. It's a developer tool. Um, but yeah, number one, definitely think about uh, about that. And then yeah, number two is about showing up um, and about, about making sure you're in the space um, that other people are going to be who are likely to be be interested in your app. Um, and I've experienced this recently myself too, is that, uh, with the, with the, um, updated feature that I put out for go VJ the other month for the MIDI support that we've mm-hmm. talked about before. Um, I went back to my Reddit account, dusted it off because <laughs> I don't use it. Um, and this was just before the drama broke out over there as well and everything they did to Christian. Um, and I, I made posts on the VJN community telling people I was in beta that I was doing this thing, that this was a feature I was working on. If anybody wanted to check it out and give me any feedback, then go for it. Um, and I got a load of good feedback. And that was, again, an, an environment I've not been showing up to too much, but I showed up genuinely at that point um, and, and engaged. And then when I got the feature out there i was able to go back and post there and sort of say hey thank you all for this this feature is now live and you know it it gave me a chance to catch up with them uh but i guess what i'm saying is is i i I could have just released posted to mastodon and then kind of gone oh why is nobody interested in this yeah and in that circumstance i went just a little bit 
further on that and tried to find where where some of my people for this feature really were. Um, and I think a lot of developers do fall into the trap of sort of thinking, well, it's in the store, so it should be selling itself. Um, <laughs> you might, I, I mean, it, it was like know, that 15 years ago. Yeah, I've posted to my socials and nobody's replied back to me. My mum bought it and that's it. You know, and those sort of reactions. And it's like, well, you do have to do, you've got to do more than that. You've got to do all the things to find where your people are. Right. Um, yeah, and that's hard. That takes effort. That takes time. And you're not always going to get it right the first time either, um, you know. But uh, in terms of the scene side of stuff, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know there, there are some big voices some well-known voices there are voices within the in, in the dev community that i think um could do with being quieter at times uh <laughs> we spoke about some of the big uh bloggers and their their views on threads in the eu um you know being loud doesn't always mean that that's a great thing for everybody um yeah, and I don't know. I have no advice to anybody how to break through that, really, other than just keep keep showing up, keep helping people. Um, you know, beyond that, I don't think there's anything anybody can really do to control it. You you either find your audience or or you don't. Um, but I guess just keep keep trying, you know, and keep engaging and doing things. Yeah, pretty much. Um, for me, I think. A rule that I've been learning and relearning and re-relearning so much over the last years is that like coding the code and designing the design and like producing the product is exactly half the work. Like it's 50% of the what you need to do. And there's another 50% that is just the marketing, just yeah. the how do you connect to the people you want to see this. And yes. this is usually the the thing that us developers uh, don't want to do so much, but yeah, you need kind of to do this, like because we live in a in a world right now that is very um, there's there's like people say this thing like attention economy and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and of course like attention is not is not valuable by itself, but you need a certain amount of attention on you or your product, and you need to create this because. Everyone kind of wants people's attention, like influencers, uh, big companies, um, ads, everyone, um, yep. TikTok, everyone wants your attention, right? So, um, so you kind of need to be, uh, you kind of need to be everywhere. You can't be everywhere, of course, but you need to find out like where are the people who would love my, the, the app that I'm making or the, the product that I'm, that I'm making. And, you need to make sure that these people have a chance to to see to see you or your product. Yeah, and you do this by 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 showing up, by being as you said, like being part of a community, and um, and and just to to, to try and try again. And of course, yes. there's a huge amount of luck with it. And you also said this. Um. So, but the more you're present the more chances you give yourself to succeed to, to to you throw the dice more more often than if you just if you just um just upload it to the app store and then hope for the best yeah um that's not to say that sandra didn't do this like i haven't i have sorry sandra if you're listening to this i've never heard of you before before this toot 
Um, so I don't know if Sandra actually did this. It's maybe he he was just unlucky. But just as a general advice to people who want to who want to succeed in this as indies as entrepreneurs as oh that, that's a dirty word um <laughs> as word. people who make a thing that they want other other people to use and or buy um um you have to you have to find find the people and you have to like be in front of them they can and then they can see the value that you're bringing and then you can, yeah. they can see like oh they can consider oh yeah I've, like this app is actually very cool i should try it out Uh, and that's hard, of course, because you have to be, you have to be in the conversation. You have to be, you have to find where the conversation is happening. Mm -hmm. And then you got to be a genuine part of that conversation. And also you can't be on just one platform because as we know, like platforms are, um, are like, because then you'd be super dependent on, like if you're only on YouTube, for example, and YouTube changes something, then mm -hmm. you've kind of lost, right? So, and that's uh, what Corey Doctorow calls enshittification. I'm linking, yes. I'm linking an article on that in the show notes. Go um, for it. So you kind of have to spread over multiple platforms, and you got to find the communities there, and you got to be present and included in those communities. And that is hard work. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna downplay this. Like this is an incredible amount of work, and there's people, there's groups of people who just do this all day. So yeah. if you wanna. If you want to be able to play with, to play in this, like, yeah, you, you got a budget for this. And this mm -hmm. means that, yeah, you might just, um, have to, you might just have to accept that you can only program or work on your product half of the, half of your time, like two days a week, three days a week, if you're full time. Yes. And, um, of, and of course there are, um, and there's more barriers, of course, like, um, For example, one indie developer that I really, really admire is underscore David Smith. Yes. Um, look at look at what he does. A, he releases like about 15 billion apps per second. <laughs> like he's, 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 he, he doesn't have just one leg to stand on. Like he's, yeah, he's, prolific. he's, he's throwing everything against the wall and seeing yep. what sticks. That's the one thing. Like he's trying different things. Like because he knows that there will be like ideas and apps and whatever that will just fizzle out. That's just how it is. Yeah. And, um, then the other thing, the other thing is that he is speaking. He has at least one podcast that I listen to. So he might have more. He's very present in the developer community. Yeah. And of course the developer community is not exactly his target community, but because he's part of this community and it's kind of adjacent to the Mac enthusiast and Apple enthusiast community, And that contains journalists. And then the journalists can write about yes. his apps. He's also American, which is um, like, which is a privilege in this, in this regard, because he, um, he just is, is closer to that community. Sometimes mm -hmm. for, for us in different time zones or different cultures, it can be harder to be part of that community because yes. um, people congregate at different times so that, that the hot topic of the day might, might already be cold and stale by the time that you wake up and, and try to join the, the conversation and, and you're just a little bit less noticeable. Um, yep. I, 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 I attribute most of that to time zones actually, but also it's because like you don't, you have less option to like, option to, to meet people at conferences. I think there's um, a bit of that. I'm not, Maybe there's, yeah. there's actually more reasons as well. Um, I think, I think yeah. the time zone thing's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I think so too. I mean, 
Yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this when I've been like woken up in the middle of the night and checked my feed and it's like, oh, this is buzzing, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, right. Yeah. Being in New Zealand, there's, there's a whole, whole load of stuff that goes on in the middle of my night that I'm not, not around for, I guess. Um, so there is a bit of that. I, th- I think um, there's ways you can counter it. You know, I mean, over on Mastodon, you can schedule posts, for example, and then potentially that puts something in in people's feeds over overnight or wherever that that balance is. Um, but I think really, with all this stuff, it's more just a case of having an awareness of it and not not having expectations that don't really meet the reality that's going on around right. you as well. So. I mean, I wanted to sort of use an analogy that had come to me as we were talking, and it's like if you made lemonade, for example, mm-hmm. and you had a lemonade stand, you know, that stereotype, and you just put it out in front of your house, you're only going to get whoever walks past your house, right? And if you're on a, a cul-de-sac, that's probably going to suck, <laughs> right? Because cause that's that's just it. Your footfall won't be there. Whereas if there's a market going on down the road every Saturday morning, you know, and you could pitch a, a stand there, you might make in one day what you never see in a month just with the lemonade stand outside of your house. Um, and I guess he used that that as an analogy lets me visualize the problem um a, a little better in some ways. Right? It's like. Yeah, what am I talking about there? The idea of putting your stand down at the markets is a case of, well, go and be where where your potential customers are. Go be somewhere where you can provide value. You know, people are looking around the other right, right. other stands and, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're flagging a little bit that morning. Grab a lemonade. That's great. Right? You know, sort of think about things in those terms, like where are people seeing this? Is it a place where they're going to be thinking about the sort of stuff that my app does or, or, or reaching the the position where the app could provide some value to them. Um, and you're right, it's 50% of the work or, you know, I sort of describe it when I've got an app together as like um, I've done the first 90% and then the launch itself and pushing it out <laughs> there is the other 90%. Right. Um, and, and I think you just got to have an awareness of that. The idea that you could just build something, put it in the app store, and it sells itself, um, that world doesn't exist anymore. And it only really existed for a very short sliver of time. Oh, yeah. Um, I was part of that world because like, yeah. I had an app in the App Store super early. And that thing just sold and sold and sold. Like It was like a euro up front. And it, yep. it, it didn't matter. Like it sold and sold. It was so nice. And kind of <laughs> Apple, th- Apple sometimes kind of th- still thinks we are in this world. Yes. But you got to find different strategies and tactics to 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 do this like one of the like because like i've been like we, we talk about lemonade stands but of course like what can people actually do like one thing that like apart from connecting to the community uh, both to the developer community by for example building in public and just trying to be part of this community even though sometimes there's a bit of a barrier there if you're not from the u.s or even if you're from the US, it's just like, is it, it is a thing that mm-hmm. it is a community that you kind of need to be or, or should try to be part of. Um, and the other thing is just like, like 
so by by building in public, for example, because that gives you a lot of eyeballs and awareness. If 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 you try that, another thing is, for example, what was the, what was the other thing that I wanted, wanted to say? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did want to say the building in public, and now I said it as the first thing. Um, but yeah, just like try being part of the community, try try building in public, uh, and then you just have to. Well, I say just as if it's easy, but it's very hard. Of course, you have to try to find to try out all the different channels that you mm -hmm. could try to reach. Like maybe it's a website where you try to improve and write nice, cool blog posts and articles, and then kind of Google picks you up. Maybe it's ads on like one of the seven billion things that you can put put ads on. Maybe yep. it is uh, sending like snail mail to people. Um, <laughs> so and. The, all of all of this presupposes, of course, that you do want to do this in a capitalistic way. Like sometimes yes. maybe your project is not meant to be your single source of income. And mm -hmm. maybe you don't want to make it huge and big. So you don't have the need for thousands or hundreds of thousands of people to see and use this. And that's also okay. Um, yes. But maybe that's something you need to think about. Like, do I want to do this as a hobby side project? And then it's fine if like only a few people use it. I mean, it would be nice, but you're not going to spend money on advertising, for example. Yeah. Um, but but maybe you can like you can try just like to post about it on various social networks or make a cool YouTube video about it and like just try to talk to journalists or whatever. And maybe you want to make it big, and then you you have to do the things that people have to do like maybe you'll have to have a newsletter for example you have yep. to have, or a good website and maybe oh. display ads on DuckDuckGo or yeah. the swift package index or <laughs> or you know where all where you could also advertise Go dave on. do you have any idea where, where else people could advertise okay this is a, a uh, <laughs> crowbar segue there thank you daniel but yeah if if um if you have a product that you think would be beneficial to listeners of this show, then you can sponsor the show. So that that is something we kicked off in a, a previous episode with uh, sponsorship from Feedback Bulb, feedbackbulb.com. Uh, plug them again because actually I know Constantine and I love the product. Um, it's it's been great, but uh, yeah, just to say we are taking sponsorship and people can just um, contact us either through the Fediverse on the links in the show notes or literally just email contact at waitingforreview.com um, and we will we'll pick that up. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to dwell too much in advertising mode for us right. for the bit. Um, but, just a uh, tiny interruption. Yeah, tiny interruption. There's something else I wanted to touch on as well, though, uh -huh. for, for listeners, because, yeah, I feel for people who sort of feel disconnected from the community or not part of it, um, That's that sucks. And one of the things we've not talked about for ages on the show is the fact that there is um, a Slack group uh, as well for waiting for review. And I've actually got ideas about setting up a um, some sort of forum-based website as well potentially to sort of have uh channels that people can talk about some of the various things around all of this that we oh like God. to talk imagine about. imagine if we set up a php bb <laughs> uh, i've spotted i've spotted discourse discourse.org i think it is mm -hmm. um or .net um 
it looks good. And at some point I'm going to go on a side quest and see what I can set up. Um, but we do have a Slack channel already and joining that is dead easy. Again, just contact us through the Fediverse um, on the links in the show notes or email contact at waitingforreview.com and uh, we can set you up with an invite. Um, in fact, Daniel, I might actually see if there's an open invite um, that I can do with a link and, and add that to the show notes when this goes out. Oh yeah, so, that's a good idea. But any one of those three things, if I've not been able to do that and there's no link to sign up on the show notes, then just email or or message. But yeah, if you've listened this far, you're probably somebody who gets something out of the Slack channel and we'd love to have you there. It's It's a really nice community, I think. It is. It really I, I'm, is. I'm slightly biased. Also, by the <laughs> way, like these these contact contact emails, you can also email us if you have a comment or write us onto our or Mastodon accounts or other socials. Yes, not on Threads though. Probably not. No, um, not yet. But yeah, like give us your thoughts about, for example, what else people can do to like promote their application or their um, their product. Yep. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I can definitely. learn something. Awesome. Well, Daniel, it's time to wrap the show. Um, before mm-hmm. we go, where can people find you online? Oh, people can find me at, uh, I, I, but people, people can find telemetry deck on telemetrydeck.com, but people mm-hmm. can find me on the Fediverse. Fediverse. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. The Fediverse, uh, at, uh, Daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. Um, what about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my apps over at lightbeamapps.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can contact me on the Fediverse over at davidgarrywood at social.davidgarrywood.com. Fantastic. Well, it's been great talking with you, Daniel. Catch it you has. on the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye.